Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and today I'm thrilled to be joined by the fantastic Barry Keoghan to talk all about his work in the film Saltburn. And I wanted to start by talking a little bit about your notebooks, because I've heard you talk about how, in essence, you created these five different versions of who you wanted Oliver to be throughout the film and would create different notes about what his motivations were going to be at different points in the film the physicality, the tone of voice. Um, and I was just interested in how you really worked with the script, kind of going through page by page and, and figuring out what you wanted these different iterations of him to look like as he grows into the final version. Um, yeah, so I, I did have five notebooks um, and it was it was just more for my kind of process to um, to kind of monitor the arc of, of Oliver, you know, because I see him at the start as, as being quite naive and, you know, um, innocent. Well, obviously, given the impression, so it was more, more or less for um, me to kind of check back in and, and remind myself when I was filming a certain scene. You know, if we're doing scene seventeen or scene seventy five, or you know, to kind of have that notebook to kind of go back to and to remind myself of the mannerisms and you know where I am physically or where I am. You know, because the costume took care of that and then hair and makeup they played in my apart and you know and, and how I looked but it was more uh for behavioral kind of stuff for me um but yeah that was it was a new process I actually tried as well you know um because I've not played a, a part like that where where you um where he's kind of you know in different versions of, of a different kind of, he's playing a different version for everyone so yeah, and I, I love what you're saying there as well about kind of the the innocence that we see in him at the beginning. Um, mm. I was I was curious about how you kind of found the push and pull of how conscious or subconscious do you want his actions to be at different points? Because there's times where he's very specific in his motivations and his actions, especially, yeah. you know, Bali, for example, in terms of setting him up to try and get him out of the house and away from him. And then there's times where it feels like it's just this, innate actions in order to pursue something that he wants and it's more subconscious mm -hmm. yeah it was um you know it, it for me it was i think i don't know who told me to kind of try it I, i'm not sure it was it was someone, someone mentioned it to me they were like i think this might help with your you know your, your way of trying to figure figure them out and, and that and then i kind of went through the script and realized that he does have a different version for everyone else and he has a different version for you know Elspeth to to Venetia to to Farley and you know and plays a different part and knows how to play them to, to get what he wants. Um, so I, I was kind of conscious of that and you know I, I put down motives, certain motives or certain wants, you know, and and and, and which which uh which kind of um you know where the scenes lay in the movie and that and. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was definitely a process that I think I'll try going forward with other characters. Hopefully I don't play characters that have five different versions of themselves, though. but you know, you get me. You never know, I'm maybe playing next time. I was also really curious about kind of how you viewed and thought about his backstory, particularly when it comes to his family, because there's the story that he concocts um, and, and tells everybody for Felix's character, but that's not the truth. And there is that moment where we get to see inside his family home and his parents seem very mm -hmm. warm and fighting. But obviously, you know that there must be a lot more to this character's backstory in order for him to carrying out a lot of the actions that he does throughout the film. And so how did you kind of figure out those elements of him? 
I mean, that was the most, one of the most awkward scenes to film was with the parents, with, with Oliver's parents, because it was actually really, the, the tension in the room was, it was, uh, it was very, um, very intimidating and very, um, you know, I, I felt awkward. I felt in the middle of something. I felt like I've just lied for the last second month or two. Um, you know, so I, I went with that and, you know, I, uh, I um it, it was it was just beautifully put as well and and, and the movie and positioned right as well and um, it was actually the first time we kind of see a vulnerable Oliver um a weak Oliver as well um but yeah it was uh it was definitely something I kind of sat in and went with and and used to to kind of yeah. I mean, it's such a great point that you bring up there in terms of it's the first time in the movie that we see him vulnerable in that way. Mm. I've heard you say that for you, that's the one time that you felt like we really saw his authentic self. Yeah. And so what was what was that journey of building a character that really is exuding and presenting a version of themselves that isn't the truth, where ultimately you have to figure out what is the truthful version on the inside and then what is the way that they present themselves to the world to cover that up? I mean, I think we all... Um... I don't, I wouldn't like to say relate with all of them, um, but there's definitely a you know we definitely present ourselves differently to to different people. I think you know not drastically, but you know you go to the store, you have a different kind of um, you know a different uh, version of yourself to when you're chilling with your friends or to when you're going for a job interview or to, you know, we're, we're constantly putting on a version of ourselves to suit the, suit the environment, I think, sometimes, and, and, and the people around us. And, you know, and I think it's a, it's an extreme version here you know, of, you know, the, the, the parts he plays because the wants he needs and, you know, he's orchestrating something beneath and behind it all. And, but it is, we do see the core and we do see a... a uh, a little boy and um, you know when he when he goes back to the parents house so it's it, it is interesting and it's as an actor to kind of have that contrast and you know to to go back that much and you know then the next scene or two to kind of flip it on its head and and you know physically be different and, and hold yourself different with a different demeanor it's it's exciting no, and, and I love that point as well about the the different versions of him with each of the members of the family at the house in Saltburn, because like Venetia is a really interesting one to look at because it yeah. feels like that's the position where he has the most power out of all the relationships. Yeah. Go. Um, and so what was the difference for you and how you wanted to him, him to exert that in the relationship and dynamic with Venetia? I think he, he has to be the most, you know, he has to have the most power with Venetia because she sees right through him. Um, you know, so therefore he has to kind of put on the most powerless version of himself and the most intimidating version of himself and the fearless version of himself. And, you know, there's no kind of sweetness to it, really. It's very, very domineering and demanding. And, and you know, so it was, it was fun to play with that. Uh, you know, it was fun to play with all the different versions of him. You know, even, even towards the end, when he's mature and, he has a different kind of physicality and how he stands and presents himself and even in, in his pace of, of how he speaks. So just as an actor, it's a, it was a joy to get to, to kind of step into that and, and play around with it. Right. And I, I also love how much he exists where he's in plain sight and he's 
keenly observing and watching and listening to everything that everyone around him is saying. And they're mm -hmm. so involved so much of the time that they're just talking over him or talking in front of yeah. him and they account for the fact that he's in the room. Um, and I've heard you say that, that those were some of your favorite elements of, of the, playing this character in your performance. So how did you want to go into those moments in really just creating such an intense listening and, and observational quality to him? Um, I think listening is the most powerful thing you can kind of do on screen. Um, you know, being observant and and uh, you know taking information in, and that's what he is solely. He's uh, you know, he's he's getting all this information and just using it as ammunition, and you know, to plan his next steps. And um, he is a total observer. And, uh, it's just a joy for him to be there and let these people reveal themselves in front of him. But uh, it was yeah, it's nice when you don't have to you don't have to have dialogue. Uh, to to make yourself, you know, heard or, or seen, um. So yeah, I really get to enjoy. It. I really enjoy watching people listen on screen as well. You know, total behavior. Yeah, it also feels like he exists in in a way where you know, ultimately, he has this drive and this want to be seen and loved and cared for in a very specific way that he just hasn't yeah. felt in the world um and so with the character of felix it feels like he gets these little kind of he gets just enough moments to kind of keep pulling him into that orbit and so for you what was the impact on oliver when he felt truly seen and, and truly noticed by someone for the first time i don't think he knows how to handle it i don't think he knows how to how to um how to accept love or um you know or to feel on that level um you know, I don't think he, yeah, I just think he's, he's so comfortable in those situations and he'd rather be an outsider and a, an observer rather than in the middle getting the attention and, you know. Absolutely. I mean, he's also a character that when you, when you think about the age, when you step back and look at that on paper as well, he's going through so many kind of coming of age moments mm -hmm. as as age would, but then you have the added element, you know, that takes things a little bit further and, and more layers yeah. and complex. Um, and so was it helpful to kind of strip it down to just, you know, this is a kid leaving home for the first time, stepping into university, trying to figure out his sense of self and his sense of identity. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was great to play with it, with the kind of age gap and the, you know, the, I think he went from, I'm not sure he went from that, you know, young 20 or 21 to, to basically 25. And, it was it was nice to see the the change in clothes and hair and you know to 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 see that uh, that kind of um, that adventure if you want to call it that um, but it was nice to kind of change with him and you know and start I think he started off with with a blueprint of what was gonna happen and I don't think he just went to college and I think he kind of knew what he was searching for deep down on a subconscious level and. You know that I, I think he feels comfortable like watching and then you know kind of treating everything as an experiment and um you know just yeah i think he's fascinated with, with, with humans and in, in that sense on that level and in talking about some of the physicality of the character i love kind of the watching the physicality between you and jacob elordi and your characters because felix is someone who's very comfortable in himself and he's very tactile and is very touchy-feely and you kind of see Oliver not necessarily sure how to kind of respond to it or reciprocate and then gradually becoming a little bit more comfortable with the the tacticity of their friendship as well um and so how did you how did you set about finding that with Jacob 
And it's just a natural thing, you know, when you're when you're working with a partner, a same partner, it's you kind of you know, there's a dynamic shift and there's a physicality shift and if they're showing themselves or you know, opening themselves, you'll kind of lean in towards that one. If they're being, you know, on, on, on the front of kind of wanting to be inquisitive and know about you, go into a defensive kind of physicality. So it's sort of a natural thing um, that happens. It's not something like where I'm like, I'm going to stand and, and be taller than you. Or, I mean, there's no being taller than Jacob, but, um, you know, there's no, um, there's no really um, kind of deliberate kind of uh physicalities that you, you play with unless the theme requires it it's just sort of a it's a power kind of thing and um, who holds the power on the scene and who doesn't I love that you know and and kind of off of the back of that as well was that very similar and it just being very intrinsic to you the stillness that he has a lot of the times like I love the scenes with you and Rosamond Pike where you know mm. she's always in perpetual motion and always talking and revealing herself and yeah to kind of like sit still and lean back and, and let her give yeah. him the information. Yeah, to sit still is quite hard for me. I'm actually sitting still right now. It's really good. Uh, I'm always moving and always, you know, I can fidget in and, and stuff. But um, it was, uh, yeah, I think there's a, there's a, there's sort of a danger in his stillness. Um, you know, there's an unpredictability in his stillness that, that we look at and we, we don't know what he's going to do next or uh, we don't know what he's thinking. So it's kind of nice to, you know, when he says to her, you're, well, it's because you're fucking beautiful. It's like, it just comes from nowhere. And, 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 and the stillness really makes that impactful. Or it's, it's not just thrown away, it's sort of demanding an answer to it. Also, in, in terms of scenes, I wanted to talk about the scene where the family have found Felix's body in the maze and just kind of the, the, the emotional complexity for you in a moment like that, because part of what he's been aspiring to and wanting is, is this affection, mm. this deep friendship with Felix, and that's now no longer attainable. And you kind of see him going through the process of, of what that looks like for him. So kind of in that moment where he's just standing in the background while Richard E. Grant's over his son's body, um, mm kind of find the different layers and, and emotions that follow for him. Yeah, that scene was quite, that was an emotional scene. That was a, another scene where you just step into it and you kind of let what's happening dictate. I mean, that, that sounds for everything, but, you know, you don't, it's not a rehearsal beforehand. It's not a, you know, you don't know what, what Rosalind's going to do or Richard or, and that. so it's, it's sort of like it puts you in a position of, you know, you don't know what where to lean or what to grab or and it was uh that that along with the parent scene would have been one of the most um you know, uh kind of <clears throat> scenes where we're at. there's no there's no way blocking really, it's just come in and do, you know, see what happens. Um, it's a moment, it's definitely a big moment. Yeah. And the scene that follows with everybody sitting around the dinner table while they're closing the curtains, while the body's moved. Yeah. It's so brilliant in terms of just the avoidance that everybody has in talking about what's actually happening or even admitting anything out loud. Um, and so what, what was the dynamic for you in terms of filming that scene and finding Oliver's perspective? Um, I mean, that scene, we all go through that grieving process, don't we, where we try to pretend that nothing has happened if, if someone's passed away and it's 
you know, it's just trying to make a normalize the the the, the situation. And or a matter of fact, you know, someone should die, and it's um, it's just it's just total grieving. It's total, you know, um, avoiding the 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 what just happened. And it's, it's I think I've done a great job in putting humor in there as well. Um, I'm playing around with with, with the chords and then and the, the color aspect of it. That it uh. Anyway, yeah, that was one of the. That was another scene, actually. Now that you mentioned that, that was just, you know, no, no talking about it really, no rehearsal, just that can go for it, and and it kind of puts you in a, a a land of you don't know what way to react, and you know, you just kind of take the, that feeling and run with it, and you know, the environment really affects what, what's going on, but uh, yeah. And, and I love by the sounds of how everybody talks about working on the film, the way that Emerald really created that space in what you were mentioning of just being able to dive into a scene and really play around with it. Um, because the the grave scene in particular was something where mm-hmm. you said that like the script originally just had him reaching his hand into the dirt and you just felt yeah. like that needed and asking for a closed set and being given the space to really find that. What was that once you were on set and you had the closed set and the camera was rolling, what was that journey for you in terms of finding what that scene needed? Um, you know, it was the kind of, it does a, does a big massive risk there because you can look totally silly and totally, you know, you're exposing yourself massively there. Um, but I felt comfortable. I felt like, you know, I needed to, to reach a, a level of something we, we hadn't seen or something that we wouldn't be able to predict. Um, and what was the, the next level of obsession or, you know, this, this desire to, to, to reach or to, to want or to, to, to become. Um, I didn't know what it was. Um, and I really honestly wanted to, to play around with that, to see physically what my hands would do or where, where I take it, you know, there's a, it's a version there where he's upset and he's, you know, it's it's really upset, but it's it's also like it's uh it's it's just sad. It's really sad to look at. I know people kind of have taken it and went, oh my god, you affected you affected grave, and you know, on paper, yeah, it's it sounds out there, but it's quite sad to look at, you know, a figure like that lay on top of it, you know, um, this this uh, this this grave and not know what to do and. Follow kind of what he thinks is, you know, not you know, fulfill him. Um, so yeah, it's just about letting the camera roll and Emma created that space for me. Everyone was quite nice about it. So. It isn't, you know, I feel like a lot of a lot of the touch points that that you're mentioning there as well, in terms of just that obsession and the confusion in himself, also kind of we see earlier on in the bathtub scene as well. And I love that you made like really specific choices about, you know, kind of like the way that his cheek touches the bottom of the bathtub. Yeah, yeah trying to be closer to Felix without him being in the room. Um, and so similarly, how did you kind of make sure that you were capturing the different complexities and the touch points in a scene like that as well, which again, there's just so much writing on the execution of it for you. Yeah, again, it was, you know, get down and kind of slurp, um, you know, and, and um, inhale the the, uh, the remains of Jacob's uh, body fluid, but uh, it's, uh, well, Felix's, but then um, it was. I wanted to see again. I wanted to to kind of reach something where it, it felt that I, I was confused, boy, and, and I I didn't know what I, I was trying to achieve, or not me as Barry, but 
as Oliver. I didn't. He didn't know what he was trying to get by doing that, but he wanted it on him or in him, or you know, he wanted to feel something from it. Or you know, I think it, it, a massive part of that is the whole confusion, um, you know, the whole confused side of it. And he's not fulfilled by it, so he keeps you know trotting on forward and um. So yeah, it was just another another kind of thing of uh, making it like animalistic, like and, and you know becoming part of it rather than um, you know yeah, if that makes sense. It does, and and kind of like going back to some of what you were talking about earlier in terms of just the different versions and stages of Oliver. You know, once they lose Felix it feels like that's a real shift for him because there's still certain things that he wants that are the same, but it's that, that draw for that love that he knows he's not going to get from any of the other family members in the same way that he was trying to get it with Felix. Um, and so following his passing, how did that really shift and change the dynamic of Oliver for you? It was, um, there's definitely an acceleration there in, in how he's, you know, going back and kind of uh, reevaluating basically and, and, there's an anger to it. There's a, you know, there's definitely a massive shift, and, and it's something I wanted to make very, very, uh, very seen and felt. Um, but yeah, it was uh, again, that's another turning point for, for for Oliver. And as an actor, like to get these moments where you can totally shift your body and totally shift your demeanor and, and play around with all. It's um, it's uh, it's just great. It is. I love that. I also wanted to talk about working with Polly Bennett, who is the the choreographer mm-hmm. who won the final scene for Sophie Ellis Baxter's Murder on the Dance Floor, because um, it's such a brilliantly executed scene in the facet yeah. that really captures this sense of freedom that he feels and yeah. a lack of consciousness, but yet it had to be so specifically choreographed in terms of the way you're moving around the space, because the camera obviously needs to be able to track and and follow that as well. Um, and so what was that experience in terms of filming a scene that needs to feel incredibly free-flowing and have no self-consciousness and yet has to be very meticulous in terms of the literal steps that you're taking? Um, Polly, I remember Polly's direction being, I want it to be you and not to be too step, you know, uh, focused, if that makes sense. And, you know, so we wanted to kind of incorporate a natural, like a naturalism to it where it's fluidy and it's, you know, it's not rehearsed, obviously, and it's, it's, uh, it's total just control and moving the body and feeling free and, and that through the house. And, but we, we worked on it a few times and we kind of hit the mark and then it was just about really fine tuning it with the camera and, you know, there was some corners we cut too fast and we didn't catch that beat and, um, so it's just about perfecting it. Well, it was it was really fun to 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 play. I really mean that. It was it's definitely another moment for me to to rise and and show maturity as an actor and and, and to you know to challenge myself as well. So I really had a, a lot of fun with it. And and lastly, you know, with with all the roles that you've done, this was your first opportunity in in being number one on the call sheet and being the lead of a whole film. And and I've heard you talk a little bit about an awareness of even just the stamina that that was going to take. And yeah. so, how did you approach figuring that out for yourself? I mean, eating well, you know, working out that was the main priority for me. Um, you know, knowing the material, obviously, I go in already knowing the material, knowing the character, but. It was to uh, the stamina was a different stamina for me. Not to say that I don't commit or, or bring the same energy to a supporting part or anything I do, but this was definitely uh, 
when you're in every single fucking frame. I'm not complaining because it was it was what I wanted, but um, there's definitely stamina required, um, and energy, um, you know, uh, commitment, and uh, you know, also, uh, um, you know, a, a chance to kind of be open to, to you know, taking it a different way or a different direction, not being preempted and, and so set and set in stone with stuff. Um, so, you know, going in knowing all of your stuff, but also having a Having an open, uh, an open kind of mind to to trying different things, and that but that comes down to knowing your character. So, well, I I always love watching you on screen, and this film was no exception. I think you've made really phenomenal choices, and it was so interesting to approach to it. So, thank you so much, Barry. Really I appreciate, appreciate it. That. Thank you.